All right, welcome back. Time for Mariner's Pod once again. Great to have you with us as we have a fun one in store today. Conversation that you'll want to stick around with uh, for sure. We're going to talk to Aaron and I had a chance to catch up with Logan Gilbert. That's going to come up in just a few minutes. He was really fun to talk to. So that I think you will enjoy. We have a couple of games to talk about against the Dodgers and then a series against the Texas Rangers also at home this weekend. Mariners just saw Texas and they'll see him again. So that's what we have in store for this version of Mariners pod. So, Let's start two games ago where Mariners had just returned home facing the Los Angeles Dodgers after losing two close ones on the road, 11-9 and then 2-1. to Mariners coming back on Wednesday, and they busted out the long ball. A couple of home runs in this one as we saw Dylan Moore go yard. The pitch. Swinging this is clubbed out to left field. This is riding back. It's on its way, and it is gone. Dylan Moore. He rides one out to left center. It's the fifth of the season for Dylan Moore. It comes with two outs, and it stretches the Mariners' lead. It's 6-3 Mariners at the bottom of the sixth. Yeah, 6-3 lead at that point. Before that, though, Nola going yard. The 2-2. Swing, and this is crushed. Mariners are taking the lead. Austin Nola going way up into Edgars. What a blast by Nola, his third. It's a three-run bomb, and the Mariners have taken a 4-3 lead. And after what was a shaky start by Taiwan Walker, he adjusted, really settled in, and a little bit of personal history along the way. Walks into the windup and the one-two to Taylor, and there it is. Strike three called on Taylor. Career strikeout, number 500 for Taiwan Walker. He fanned two in the first. He got Taylor in the second. He gets Muncie in the third, and he gets Taylor again here in the top half of the fourth inning. Congratulations, Taiwan Walker. A strike on the outside corner at the knees. Five strikeouts tonight, and number 500. In his major league career. Way to go, Taiwan. So that set up things yesterday. Mariners looking for the mini two-game sweep against the Dodgers. You knew it would be tough going into the game. Clayton Kershaw and Kershaw was on. Now the windup and the one-two on the way to long. Swing and a miss for strike three. And there it is, strikeout number five of the game. And career strikeout number 2,487 for Clayton Kershaw as he moves by Don Drysdale to second place on the all-time strikeout list in Dodgers history. Behind Don Sutton on top of that list at 2,696. And now Clayton Kershaw number two all-time as he moves by one of the all-time greats, Don Drysdale. Kershaw ends up going seven, allows just one run, one walk, 11 strikeouts. It was vintage Kershaw. In fact, the only one to get him, as the Dodgers would get the win six to one, the only one that got him, lefty on lefty, of course, Kyle Seager continues to roll. Here's a swing and a drive deep to right field. Back she goes, going, going, and goodbye baseball right underneath the headed here cafe. Way back into the lower deck, Kyle Seeger with his fifth home run of the season. His second off a left-hander this year. It comes off a Kershaw tonight, and the Mariners are on the board. It's now the Dodgers four, and the Mariners one on a long home run to right field. By Kyle Seeger. How about that? 
Yeah, that put the finishing touches on a pretty special four days for Kyle Seeger, facing Corey Seeger on the field for the first time. Here's what Kyle said after the game. Uh, with Kershaw, you know, it's always going to be a tough day. Uh, how good was he today? And, and what do you look for when you go up against him? Yeah, you know, he, he's... Uh... You know, he's one of the best pitchers in the game for, for a reason. So, you know, uh, you know, you're in for a battle. You know, when you're when you're facing guys that that caliber, that it's going to be a tough day and you just got to kind of grind. But yeah, no, he was he was definitely sharp today. Um, located it well. He was spinning it well. You know, the the cutter slider was good. The curveball had some bite. You know, that's that's, um, you know, pretty, pretty standard him, I guess. <laughs> Kyle, the, that 12-6 curveball that he throws, he, he dropped that one in on you. You just don't see that kind of pitch from a lot of guys anymore with that kind of bite. I mean, how difficult is that pitch? No, he um, he, he throws the ball with a lot of conviction, too. So he, he's coming right at you. He's he obviously, you know, he's been unbelievably successful. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. But you um, you don't you don't see that that curveball very often. So, you know, when he's throwing the ball with conviction, you know, obviously it's, he's a big guy. It's getting on you. There's some life on the fastball. The, the cutter's good. Um, and the curveball just comes out completely different. So your your first reaction is kind of to give up on it. And, you know, it does. It bites a lot more than you think. Given all that, you, you got one off him. Uh, I must feel, feel good to, to do that. And, and do you win the uh, see your brother battle uh, bragging rights now? I, I don't know. They took three out of four from us, so I don't think uh, he uh, he's going to let that one go. So no, it was um, yeah, you know, it was, it was good to get on the board. So I mean, he 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 definitely had our number today. Kyle and Accord didn't play today, but how much fun did you have these last you know four days just getting to be on the field with him? I did. I, I had a lot of. I legit had a lot of fun. So that was um, that was something that was really special for me, you know. Um, you know, being the older brother, you know, getting to obviously work out and do stuff with him in the winter. That's all. That's you know, that's great. I, I really do enjoy that time. But you know, to actually get out there and compete against him was was something that was um, you know, it was really special. It was really special for me. How would you describe the look you gave him when he runs by you after he hits a home run? What, do you, what would you describe that look as? Huh? Um, ah, he, uh, him winning. <laughs> That's pretty much what that is. You don't want a little brother to win, and and uh, he certainly did. So he didn't look at you though when you ran by him either. Though he oh, he's smart. He, I got, I caught his eye. Yeah, he didn't get off that easy. Did your parents check in with you guys? I'm not sure they did. But, you know, what did you hear from them? Yeah, you know that's that's tough. Obviously, you know we. Um, yeah, me and Corey obviously never played against each other. That was that was pretty special for us. Um, you know, as nice as it was just to kind of get to spend the time, you know, just me and him. I get it would have been really nice if we could have had you know our families here, our family here, and you know to be able to kind of enjoy it as a group. And you know, I'm, I'm sure it would have been a pretty good group that was going to make the trip. You know, we've certainly talked about it for years. So that that would have been you know something that you know we really would have enjoyed. But you know, unfortunately, this that's kind of where we're at this year and. You know, kind of had to make the most of it. But did we've definitely son, been talking. Did your son understand any of this? I can't imagine, like, having Corey this right here and the concept of him not being able to be at the park. No, no. He did, he uh, he. We FaceTimed him, I guess, this morning or yesterday morning. And, you know, it was, you know, hey, Uncle Corey, and then he's out the door. So it didn't even – it didn't even flush. He, he had all these questions about, you know, playing shortstop. And then as soon as he gets Corey on the phone, it was, okay, we'll see you later. So it is – that's them being, you know, little kids. But, you know, they get to see Uncle Corey enough in the in the winter. So they, oh, hey, how you doing? Bye. 
How much time did you guys, could you actually spend some time off the field here? Did you have that chance? And, and I mean, it's so rare. No, with, with the way all the, the quarantine stuff is going and, you know, the way everything goes, you're not allowed to leave the, the hotel or the room. So we, we didn't get to see each other at all. The only time I saw him not on the field was during the interview in L.A. It's, it's so rare. I mean, you guys, I don't think people realize you, you're never together. You spend entire seasons in different places. No, we, we aren't. It's, um, you, you think, you know, we, we do the same thing as our job. So, you know, we would cross paths eventually as much as we both travel and something, but it doesn't happen. And, um, you know, 18, obviously, we had some injuries and, you know, it, it hasn't even happened in spring training. So, I mean, you, you, as much as you think it would happen, it, it really, it really doesn't. So this was, that's, that's, that's part of the reason that made, you know, this, um, you know, these last four days pretty special. Even when he wasn't playing, though, it was fun just to, you know, look over there and see my brother. So it was, it was pretty cool. Kyle, you guys are almost 30 games into the season at the halfway point, which is weird to say 30 games at the halfway point. But what have you see, seen from this group as the guy that has to watch, you know, if it's the oldest guy or one of the older guys out there, not the oldest, but one of the older guys out there, seeing these kids having to play every day and learn. And I mean, like learning, facing Clayton Kershaw today. I mean, how do you, what have you seen? Yeah, no, it's um, it, there's going to be a learning curve. You know, that's that's the reality of the situation. We're unbelievably young. We're unbelievably inexperienced. So, I mean, uh, unfortunately, you know, you're going to have you're going to have days like this. And, you know, fortunate for all the young guys, there's not too many Clayton Kershaws out there. So they don't have to necessarily worry about that on an everyday basis, which is, you know, makes life a little easier. But have you seen growth? I mean, have you seen them getting that, better that's our job. you know that's that's what they have to do we, you, you're gonna have to grow I mean that's the that's the name of the game this is a it's a result-oriented league and you know if you're gonna if, if you're gonna build with these young guys there has to be a lot of growth so there was Kyle Seeger after the game yesterday now the Mariners turn their attention to the Texas Rangers 610 start tonight from T-Mobile Park same with Saturday 610 then 110 on Sunday uh, Allard, Lyles, Minor, the three going for Texas, Marjavicious, Sheffield, and Dunn go for the Mariners in this three-game series against the Texas Rangers. So right now, Aaron and I had a chance to catch up with Logan Gilbert. Really fun conversation, and here it is. Logan, it's great to be able to spend a few minutes with you. We know you're busy doing stuff down in Tacoma. This is a, a very strange time in all of our lives, and especially for a pro ball player. Can you tell us a little bit, what, what's the Tacoma routine been like for you so far? Yeah, it's definitely been different. It takes a little getting used to and, you know, not traveling or anything like that. But it's been great being here. This is my first time in Tacoma, obviously. So uh, trying to make it as usual as a season would be. But uh, we're getting practices, inner squads, all that stuff in, and just trying to keep it as close to the season would be. How has it changed for you? You were expecting to play a minor league season. So how much different is this? It's way different. I mean, um, it's nice to be able to get innings in and still compete and stuff like that. But I mean, every time you go out there, these are the guys that you played with them <laughs> last year. And um, so it's still competitive in that sense, but a little different than having a different team in the other dugout. Logan, a glass half full approach to this. This is an incredibly unique setting for any club and for the Mariners in particular from the standpoint that in one facility every day, the organization's top pitching prospects are essentially all together under one roof. Of course, you, uh, George Kirby, Emerson Hancock, who was just drafted uh, not long ago by the Mariners, guys like Isaiah Campbell, Brandon Williamson, you're all there together 
working, what kind of camaraderie, what kind of relationships have you guys formed as you've all been able to spend probably the most time you ever have together? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely unique like that because maybe in a different year, we might have two or three guys on the same team, but spread out throughout the org. Um, so this is just giving us a sense of like building those relationships now. And hopefully and the guys that you just named, probably at least a few of them will be in the rotation down the road. Um, so just building those re uh, relationships now and uh, just learning from each other, all that kind of stuff where we're getting the reps like it would be real games and stuff like that. But there's also that huge focus on just developing during this time. So it's, I think it's been a good balance of those two things. And like I said, building the relationships with those guys. So with the hitters you face, are you generally facing kind of the same guys every time you go out on the mound? Um, I mean, usually there's probably a few that I faced last time, every time I get out there and they'll mix up the teams a little bit, but um, if there's six or seven guys in the lineup, cause we might not be able to field a, a full lineup, uh, probably half of them were the same guys that I faced last time I was out there. So uh, you get used to the guy in the box and I'm sure they get used to the pitchers a little bit. So uh, that's just a little added element to the uh, trying to find a way to get them out. Logan, popular thought would be that if this was a normal year and a normal 162 for the Mariners and everybody else, by this time in the year, you would have more than likely been in Seattle and been a contributing member of the Mariners rotation based on what you did last year and just kind of the normal projections on what I think everybody thought that you would do this year. As a very young man and a young man in your pro career, how do you process that knowing that instead of being in a big league rotation, you are facing the same Mariners minor league hitters on a day in and day out basis. Yeah, it's way different. Um, I, I was kind of thinking that way too at the end of the year, maybe going into this year. Um, and you know, the, the thought still, still comes into your head a little bit. Um, it's not easy to just completely get away from it, but I think we have a lot of things that we can do here and a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't otherwise have from the developmental side. Of course, I, I feel like I'm close and would love to be facing the major league lineups, but uh, I'm doing all I can here. And, uh, you know, that stuff's not really in my hands. So hopefully down the road, hopefully not too much longer, um, I'll be able to get that opportunity. How much are you watching what's going on in Seattle on a day-to-day -day basis? Probably every day. Uh, we, we have morning practices here. Uh, we might have a scrimmage game, but we still get back early afternoon and I'll probably put the game on just about every day. Logan, we've heard some tales already of how you prepare for a game and the type of effort that you put in before you even take the mound. What's your favorite part of preparing for a start? Oh, good question. I think my favorite part is probably the mindset that I try to try to like switch in my head where I'm usually a pretty laid back guy, easy going, but kind of like switching into that competitive mindset that you hear about, you know, some of the, some of the greats like MJ or Kobe, like the way these guys think uh, I try to emulate that a little bit and switching over to the person you try to be on the field and uh, how you want to think when you're between the lines is completely different. It's, it's pretty fun to be able to turn that on and then right after the game, try to turn it, switch back off. Are you a perfectionist when you pitch? Uh, I think in everything I am with, it's not always the best thing, especially in baseball, probably pick the wrong sport for it. But um, I, try to be and I know it'll it'll never be possible out there but try to be as close as possible. So a lot of Mariner fans have read about you they've heard about you they haven't necessarily seen you pitch if you had to describe yourself to someone who's not seen you pitch how would you describe yourself as a pitcher? I think just 
aggressive pitcher on the mound, um, strike thrower. I, I try to just get after the guys and um, make them swing it, make them beat me by swinging the bat. Four different pitches that I'm, I'm confident in all of them have a good feel for and feel like I can throw for strikes whenever I need them. Um, so I think just the steady mix helps me. It's a unique situation for the Mariners this year in terms of their pitching coach. Pete Woodworth was in the Texas League last year with the Travelers and had a chance to spend so much time a lot of the young pitchers in the organization. And now he's up in Seattle each and every day. Uh, what is your relationship with Pete like? Yeah, well, he's a great guy. Uh, I mean, the results speak for themselves. If you see the numbers they put up last year and you talk to any player and they only have great things to say about him. Uh, I'm the same way. I came in late to the year, probably only a month or two left, but didn't skip a beat. It's like I was there all year. Very welcoming and uh, great with players, great at relating to them and obviously just knows a ton about the game and can really help us pitching-wise. Marco Gonzalez has uh, twice been an opening day starter for the Mariners. Uh, he is once again anchoring this rotation for the ball club. I'm, I'm curious, in your time up in big league camp and, and around some of the guys in the big league clubhouse and out on the backfields, have you had a chance to spend much time with Marco and kind of tug on his ear a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Um, I've gotten to talk to him here and there, and more than anything, I just like watching him. Um, he's really routine-driven and great at what he does, um, so I just want to learn. And um, they've all been very welcoming, not really like the standoffish type where I thought I would just try to blend in in the corner and kind of watch these guys, what they do. But no, they're very nice people, very welcoming. And I've gotten to talk to him a little bit and just see what he does between stars, what makes him what you see on TV. I'm going to go back to the beginning. When did you start pitching? Probably started focusing on it, like actually pitching my junior year of high school. Uh, before that, I was just position player. Now and again, I'd get on the mound just for an inning, but wasn't really a pitcher until my junior year. How much did your time at Stetson influence your pitching? I mean, how much difference did that make your time at Stetson? It was huge. Uh, we had a great pitching coach there, Coach Thurneau. Uh, kind of took me under his wing and Freshman year, really didn't know what I was doing still on the mound. Just kind of had a big arm, big guy on the mound. Um, and by the, my junior year, I feel like I could spin the ball. I could pitch, pitch backwards if I need to. Like, I had different ways to get people out. So kind of turned from a thrower to a pitcher by the end of my career. But Logan, it's really interesting when you look at the Mariners' trajectory with the farm system and the prospects, and you are obviously one of the main pillars of that Kyle Lewis, now up in the major leagues, former first-round draft pick, doing terrific things. Evan White, the Mariners believe a great deal, and they give him the extension. You were with him for a time last year in, in the minors as well. Now he's up. And we see guys at the back of the rotation right now, like Dunn and Sheffield, who came over via trade. The Mariners have gone college starting pitcher in the first round three straight years, with you being the first of those three. From your view, as you've made your way quickly up through the minor leagues and you're taking a look at your teammates that are climbing their way through the organization, and some of them are in Seattle already. What is your view right now of the Mariners organization from the bottom all the way up and, and how bright the future is for you guys? I'm excited about it. I think they've done a great job so far, obviously. I think some of the draft picks like George and Emerson and some, some of these guys after me, I mean, just spot on. They're really good people and really good pitchers, obviously. And then bringing in guys like Dunn, Sheffield, like bringing in the perfect people where we mesh together as a team, as, as friends and all that stuff. But in between the lines, like all these guys are really talented and we're just kind of feeding off each other, trying to grow and trying to learn from one another. So speaking of talent, you're facing some good hitters down there, obviously in Tacoma, who are some of the guys or, or the one guy you're just, 
you're glad your teammates with because you're having a hard time getting them out. Probably at the beginning, it was Donnie Walton. He's a tough at bat. He he just sees the ball really well. Uh, of course, Jared's really good. That's always a fun bat. And I, I'm really excited for Julio to be back. I, I've always wanted to face Julio. And then, of course, hurt his wrist and he's working back. But I think that's going to be really fun having him out there. All right, we want to wrap this up, Logan, with a couple of quick questions for you. First of all, I need to know, during this downtime, when you're not at the ballpark and you're not watching the Mariners on TV, what has been your latest Netflix binge? Oof. Netflix binge, let's see. Well, they've actually had a, a Showtime channel, or I think that's what it's called, but like a ton of movies on there. So I've been trying to just knock out movies that maybe I wanted to rewatch or haven't seen yet, but... Uh, I'm trying to think. I've, I just go through The Office all the time on Netflix. That's probably my go-to. I've seen it five times probably all the way through, but just can't get away from it. Which Office character do you most closely associate with? Oh, man. I'd like to say Jim, just kind of like standard guy. Probably the one that's not too weird on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Creed's the funniest. I just die whenever Creed says something. Well, you know what they say. If if you don't know Michael Scott, you are Michael Scott. So I know. you know Michael Scott. <laughs> I can't think of one. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's pretend it's the all-star break. So you don't have to suit up tomorrow. You don't have to go work out. You can take a couple of days off. Tell me what kind of a dinner you crush tonight because calories don't matter during the all-star break. Oh, man. I'd probably go for fried chicken. I love just like Southern comfort food. But if I had to go to like a nice place, I, I got to go to a really nice steakhouse. Um, you, you just can't beat it. I think that's one of my favorites. Hey, both of those are winners. Yeah. Okay, finally, Logan, what is your greatest non-baseball athletic accomplishment? Non-baseball. That's tough. I've, I've played mostly baseball my whole life. Um, I'm probably going to go back to early childhood where it's not that impressive. But Hey, Isaiah Campbell went to seventh grade, so we haven't had anybody pre-seventh grade, but you can break the mold. This is, this is so bad. I, I went to a Orlando Magic basketball camp once, and I think at the end I got the most improved camper. Because <laughs> that just means I was awful at the beginning, but – I just haven't played anything else. So that's sadly probably my most impressive thing. Like, were, were you really tall even as a kid? Yeah. So like yeah. they, they expected a lot of you probably. Yeah. And they didn't see it at first, but then at the end, maybe I got a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, it's great to catch up with you a little bit, man. Uh, we know you're working hard at Tacoma. We can't wait for whenever that day is that we see each and every day in Seattle, T-Mobile Park. But it's great to hang out with you some and learn a little bit more about what you're up to. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, guys.